0: Three, two, one. Welcome back. We are going to pick up where we left off yesterday talking about distressed real estate. Distressed real estate is something that's going to be a very hot topic going forward. No doubt. Everyone's been emailing us and asking us questions when we think there'll be a return to the short sales and the REOs and the BPOs. Um, And we have news for you guys It's going to be sooner than you think And we're going to tell you why on today's show Now as you're listening to what we're saying Please don't just throw Julie and I into the doom and gloom bucket That so many of you seem to like to do Every time there's any news that's not in any way Or that's presenting any sort of opposition to your current thinking Open your mind and realize that no matter what direction the market's going, there's always going to be opportunities for you to be of service to other people and to make a ton of money, assuming you have the skill set that the new market will demand. So when you're feeling your own emotional reactions to some things that we say that might be in conflict... To the way you see the real estate world, uh, understand that that's probably just your subconscious mind telling you, warning, warning, this is not, you know, you don't know what they're talking about. You better learn what they're talking about before it's too late. And the train had left the station. And that's unfortunately what happens in markets like this because things happen faster than you think. And you've got to get that really clear in your head. Look, guys, this is just going to be one of those things, but think back just till what, beginning of March? Mm -hmm. How many months ago was that? Was it 90 days ago, something like that, a little better than 90 days ago? About
1: 120, yeah. Yeah.
0: So you're looking at it, the world completely changing mm-hmm. in 120 days. Think of all the different ways it's changed in 120 days. It's almost overwhelming. Have you guys caught up and you're you know thinking about all these changes? I haven't. I'm still sort of like gathering my thoughts and remembering, oh, yeah, the new way that you do this and the new way you do that is completely different than just 90 days ago, you know? Traveling and all these other things. Mm hmm. You know, great events that we were looking forward to going to are canceled and same. You guys are experiencing all these same things. And unfortunately, it looks very much like this is going to be the new normal until probably next year. And then it does appear that there's going to be at least one um, actual vaccine that's been created or a viable therapy. But the moral of the story is this new normal is truly bizarre. And it's going to be feel that way for some time to come. So don't think that there's going to be any sort of return to normal with regards to the real estate industry. industry. There's not. Do yourself a favor. Don't allow the fear and the panic to overwhelm your ability to think opportunistically, because that's what this type of market is all about. Opportunistically in the sense that you will then have opportunities to help more people and opportunistically in the sense that you will have an opportunity to make a heck of a lot more money. So Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes,
1: thank you. And I I can tell you from having a lot of coaching calls today and yesterday and our premier coaching, you know, we talked to hundreds of agents a week between you and me and all the coaches, that there are some early warning signs that things are perhaps starting a transition, maybe not in every single market. There's still certainly places where we're dealing with multiple offers and low inventory. But here's a couple of things that I have been picking up on through different agents in different markets. I would say a calming of the market has started to take over. And what I mean by that is fewer showings, fewer phone calls, less lead follow-up that's being generated by the market itself. And last week I was thinking, well, maybe that's just the 4th of July weekend, calming things down, but since it didn't spring back this week, you know, that's something to watch. So that would be one thing. The second thing would be a huge increase in BPOs. Now, unless unless the BPO is an interior order, you generally don't know what the reason is. Well, okay. okay but, so let, but the suspicion is it's forbearance based.
0: All right. So let's level off there. As we ended yesterday's podcast talking about um, BPOs, the reason that Julie and I, frankly, do not put that much value on any of the reports that come out from the government with regards to housing is because they completely and totally let it get by them over the last housing recession, right? They, this you know, true. back in 07 through 09, nobody seemingly, with the exception of a few, you know, financial people really saw it coming. They weren't watching the whole, because everyone was trying to use the data to support their own particular cause or their own particular agenda. The same thing is happening now. So when you see these reports coming out about, you know, house values and, and things that are, you know, selling faster, selling slow, it's not like you can read the, like Diana Olick does a great job on CNBC, mm-hmm. but she uses the same, she gets her information from the same places that we get our information from. But then what you would do is you go then to the source of the information. And often what you'll discover is it came out from some economist that's on the payroll of some company who essentially makes money when the market is going a particular direction or when there's, you know, essentially it's benefiting from... It's
1: confirmation bias. You're looking for what you want to see.
0: Right. It's like politics, basically. And so Julie and I, we look at that information, but we know not to trust that information. And hopefully you guys think of it the same way. But what you can trust is you can trust your MOS data. Mm -hmm. But what you really want to know, if you really want to have the clearest you know, crystal ball, looking forward sort of opportunity, it's absolutely watching BPO orders. Mm -hmm. Because as we discussed yesterday, and as we've discussed many times in this podcast, the BPOs are the canary in the coal mine. You know, the canary in the coal mine analogy, I shouldn't assume you guys know what that means. Julie and I are from Ohio, and in southern Mm -hmm. Ohio, there were coal mines. But the canary in the coal mine uh, analogy basically is when miners would go down into coal mines, they had no equipment to... Sniff out literally whether there was carbon monoxide or other deadly gases, and carbon monoxide has no smell. So, uh, uh, you know, coal miners would go down in the coal mine. They would take a canary with them, and the canary would be you know making canary noises the whole time. And if all of a sudden they didn't hear the canary anymore, they knew the canary basically had succumbed to a probably carbon monoxide, and they needed to get out of the coal mine as fast as possible. Thus, the canary in the coal mine represents the early warning signs the, of something. The original
1: might... uh, CO two detector. Exactly, that's <laughs> like... right.
0: The original CO two detector. Um, but that's what the bpos are for us, and that's what they were back in o six so the real housing correction here's something that's fascinating for all you guys to think about. Julie and I were um obviously coaching agents, and we back in o five o six is when we started to see the markets starting to adjust. And they adjust in in just weird sort of ways. And it was no national adjustment. It was markets that we knew, because we've been coaching agents in those markets, that were hot, and then they sort of went tepid. They didn't go cold, they just sort of went tepid. And that's what Julie just described. And the other thing we watch is there's bellwether markets. Bellwether markets are your New York cities and your Manhattan's I'm sorry, your Manhattan specifically, but also your ancillary cities around New York City where people that work in this city. Now why does that matter? Cuz that is essentially the center for global commerce in essence. That's what Washington, or that's what I'm sorry, New York City is. And if those people aren't buying real estate and those people are uh, feeling less optimistic it's because they themselves, because of where they are, they have a vantage point on the economy and things that we don't have vantage points on. Uh, and they know what's coming. The businesses know what's coming. So the businesses stop like, you know, hiring and maybe they start to lay people off. There was a an article today. And again, I, we're just we're foreshadowing what you guys need to be preparing for. There was an article today that United Airlines, and there's a lot of other reports like this too, are sending out memos to essentially, they call them their frontline employees. Those are people that work in customer service and baggage handlers and all that. And I think it was 30,000 people. It was a crap ton of people where they're essentially saying, come October 1st, you're probably going to lose your job. We're strongly encouraging if you have the opportunity to take an early uh, what do they call it when they leave a company early? Whatever it is. Early some sort of yeah, early retirement. We uh, strongly suggest you basically. Basically, if you have the opportunity to get out, get out while the getting's good, because we're probably going to end up firing you come the beginning of October. Why the beginning of October? Because United Airlines took a deal from the government that basically, in part, one of the strings attached was they couldn't fire anybody until, guess what, October first. And the okay. same thing is happening for businesses with regards to the PPP loans. Right. So when you guys hear these stories about uh, people going back to work or companies not, you know, conver- uh, converting uh, furloughs to permanent layoffs. I don't know for sure if that's going to like if there's going to be a reversal of it, but it sure as hell looks like it's going to well, be.
1: Well, let me give you another example straight from our uh, certified coaches who I talked to today as well. Uh, Jane Armstrong from Las Vegas. She was talking about uh, some of her people in her database, her clients, her leads that are attached to all of the Vegas shows, which have mostly been canceled. And her example was her guy was previously qualified; he was a stagehand at one of the big shows. But since that's been canceled, he's not going to be having a job uh, as soon as that PPP money, you know, um, times out, right? So her point was people probably don't realize how deep all of this goes. You think about the performers, you know, and, and obviously they're out of a job. But what about all the people who support the performers, the restaurants that surround that, the stagehands, the orchestra, the, you know, the sound guy? And and she was talking about how very, she said she's very concerned about Vegas because, it's full of restaurants and shows and performances, and it's—I mean—the the whole town is is affected by this. But people aren't talking. But it, it about... hadn't happened immediately because the PPP money was covering exactly
0: right, and then and so then you also have other things like the enhanced unemployment. I mm-hmm. I read an article today. It said they called this six hundred dollars uh, from the CARES Act what they call a bonus, an unemployment bonus. I know it's crazy. You mm-hmm. know, virtually Not every country, wrong. every and like all. Countries pretty much um, that have the ability to had done similar programs to what the U.S. government did, and all those are running their course. So, what we're going to most likely see, what it certainly feels like we're going to experience, is the delayed results of what otherwise would have happened, really in a, a you yeah. know an abrupt, painful, uh, almost you know unmanageable way. So whether the government did or didn't do the right thing we can you know banter that back and forth till the cows come home but there really is no point the fact is all those programs are running their course over the next six months so uh, we are seeing an absolute increase in bpo orders from virtually every market across the country Um, we have uh, in our weekly we'll let's see we have a bpo short i'm sorry a bpo short sale reo coach that comes on every friday and she talks about what she's experiencing. And if you're in the premier uh, coaching program, you know that there's a daily semi-private coaching call. And again, Julie's had a couple uh, coaching sessions today. And that's what the, the questions are. I'm getting mm-hmm. requests for BPOs. I haven't yes, heard and from I these companies. I talked to Coach
1: Rochelle today about that. She's getting, uh, you know, from students and her own BPO practice, tons and tons of new action. And so here's the question that I have for you. If we're seeing the combination of more BPOs and slower showings and higher days on the market, and agents asking about how to do price reductions. It's the buyers. You know, is that the edge of what's probably happening? Exactly.
0: I mean, that's only makes sense. Because it does
1: feel like, you were describing last go-around where the media didn't have anything to do with it. But you and I were on, I I will never forget, that you and I, within a day of each other, had calls with agents who had been on fire, been on fire, listing, selling, listing, selling, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. These were listing agents. I, I do give bit more credit to people who crank out listings because they're they see what's happening with showings immediately, faster than probably, you know, the other side of it. So what happened first? Oh my gosh, things didn't sell right away. And then within thirty days it was, well, what do you mean price reductions? And then how can my seller not get his down payment back? And then it was what's a short sale. Well And it- that was like 90 days.
0: The bridge that we're all going to cross together and don't worry guys, Julie and I have done this countless times with other agents, right? But the bridge we're all going to have to cross together. The crossing of the bridge is the hard part. Once you've arrived on the other side, it's actually a lot easier. But the crossing of the bridge, and Julie and I talked about this two years ago. We actually have some YouTube videos I might reshare with you guys, so you guys can just find it hmm. on our YouTube channel, where Julie and I were talking about the phases of the market correction, or the phases yep. of, remember that? Yep, Absolutely. <laughs> and, and what we predicted, what we said was going to happen is exactly what's happening. Now, did we predict... Uh, COVID-19? No, we did not. But all the rest of this stuff, we did. And and the reason we did is because we've lived through this before and because Julie and I are you know, studying history of what's happened during similar outbreaks of similar pandemics or they didn't necessarily have to be pandemics. They could have just been things like the Great Depression. Moral of the story is all these things happen in a relatively predictable uh, order and have relatively uh, predictable outcomes. So don't be surprised when a year from now everything feels com- completely different, because it's going to be, I promise you, completely different. But this creates opportunity for usually a completely different group of people. Mm-hmm. And here's your takeaway from today's podcast: Just remember, I told you this. And I know this it's not going to apply for every one of you because you might be in a state where doing BPOs is difficult unless you have an appraiser's license or you know you have some version of a you know a legal way to do appraisals. But for the rest of you. You need to be doing BPOs. That is the gateway for the new world. The, the BPOs are the price of admission to even be, you know, essentially earn your place in the bridge to get across to the new world. And the BPOs will, A, obviously make you market experts, B, hey, they pay you. You know, that's good we, too. We have a, a product in our um, premier coaching program called BPO Cash Flow, which again, I, I really, really hope you guys are listening to what we're saying because the BPO cash flow program inside Premier Coaching Program shows you exactly how to make a minimum of $5,000 a month from doing BPOs. And we show you how to do the BPOs in a quick and orderly fashion, relatively speaking. And then the nice thing about those BPOs is not only are you getting paid to do them, not only can you earn easily $5,000 a month, and that would be you know basically doing, what would we figure, three BPOs a day, something like that? It's nothing really. And then um, you do that. That's still
1: a part-time job at best.
0: You can do that in the morning. And then you will earn your way into getting the distressed real estate. Now, the distressed real estate, yes, it's um, including you will get opportunities to you know, list properties that are dumps. I mean, there's going to be a lot of distressed real estate from people that stop. as Soon as what happens behaviorally, as soon as people have no equity or they're upside down in their houses, they stop taking after the houses. That roof leak, well, that's what buckets were made for, right? right. You know, the air conditioner that sort of kind of works that they would have replaced before, but now that they're underwater in the house, they're going to let that thing go. And, as, and then if it gets worse, now that their property taxes might go up, the HOA fees certainly don't go down. Then people stop paying those things. And that starts the train leaving the station with regards to the whole, you know, distressed uh, property thing from a, a financial distress perspective and also from a condition distressed property thing. So here's the difference between last time and this time. If you guys were with us when we went through all this together before, uh, the banks didn't know what the hell they were doing. The government didn't know what the hell it was that doing. That
1: was very clear.
0: Yeah. It, there was no organized short sale system in place. Yeah.
1: And that went on for years.
0: Yeah, it did. It was a you mess know, for That was years. not
1: like a 90-day thing and they just figured it out. It yeah. went on for a long time. I
0: mean, I remember very clearly in 07, it was like every day Obama would have some press <laughs> release coming out with some new government program with some new set of acronyms we yeah. had to remember. But you know what? They were doing what they thought they were th- was yeah. the right thing to do then. But what has happened this go-around, and you're already seeing evidence of it, is they've learned so much from mm-hmm. the last go-around. And the number one thing that they obviously have learned is keep people in their houses, right? Yes. So they're going to do mortgage forbearance for as long as they can because they do not want the combined uh, effect of the you know, the pandemic with the economic recession, now with people losing their houses and yeah. now the da da And mean, eviction
1: who, moratoriums and things right. like that that we didn't have last go around.
0: But all those things are running their course. Yeah. So there's going to be, I, I don't know how it's going to work, but there's going to be an orderly dismantling of, or, the dismantling is not even the right word. What would be a better word? An orderly dismantling. Um, I think uh, what would you call it? The the air Transition? is transitioning, right? Well, what did the FHA called it last time? They called a graceful exit, right? Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of uh, people that are going to be saying, "Okay, I can't afford this house anymore," or "I have to move to have a job," or some other life situation has changed, probably due to the economy. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of houses come for sale. And you're in and core logic and other sources now are all predicting that next year there's going to be a significant. Um, price depreciation as little as 2% and as much as 10% depending on your market. All of these things for all of you, 99% of you you've never experienced before. You maybe remember what we're talking about, but you weren't in real estate back yeah. you know 12 years ago. It's going to come. it's going to it's going to affect your market. It's going to affect the mindset of buyers and sellers, but you can all get through it. You just have to cross this bridge. So the first thing you need to do is learn how to do BPOs and along the way we're going to teach you also everything that you need to know to then become an asset or essentially a um, a listing agent for REO companies. And you'll be then getting these listings assigned to you. So when Julie and I uh, were helping agents get REOs back in 07, you'd get these REOs assigned to you and they would have air conditioners missing, they would have hmm. all the all appliances of, we had, were missing.
1: People would sell their kitchen cabinets. Yeah,
0: they you were. Know? I mean we Julie, the
1: house out. We
0: were living in Vegas at the time, and um, we were you'd check on Craigslist, and every single weekend there were essentially a foreclosure sale where someone knew they were gonna lose the house like the following Friday. So they just put literally everything that was sellable in the house on craigslist light
1: fixtures and just crazy
0: things well plumbing air pool equipment Uh air conditioner units that's all going to happen again it's inevitable we already know what the human behavior is going to result in we already know what the pattern is going to be So what are you going to do about it now? The difference is before when you'd get some of these listings, you'd get them and they'd be an unsellable condition unless you wholesaled them to an investor like I just said. Mm -hmm. But now, for example, many of the servicers and the banks, they're going to go back in there and they're going to rehab those properties and you're going to get a turnkey, easy-to-sell property, relatively speaking, to whatever the market conditions are. That's how this time around it's going to be a hell of a lot less stress for those of you who are smart enough to get on the train early with regards to taking advantage of the distressed real estate. I think it's going to be
1: interesting to see whether homeowners who have that experience and that insight will do things like buy first and then get rid of the old yeah, house bail. I, I think the buy and bail, and bail yeah. i think you're going to see that too
0: but if you're so, without a job or you can't well, afford you the can't next mortgage there's no buying yeah. and bailing I mean, and you can- yeah. We already saw that the mortgage companies mm-hmm. slapped down on people's ability yes. to, you know, max out their HELOCs.
1: Right. And they've also said no loan modification for you if you're not employed. That's right. So, you know, all of these things are happening at the same time. And we are great studiers of the canary in the coal mine. So we're talking about a lot of canary stuff right now. And, and the, I've y- got to get to
0: Premier. Yeah, you do have to get to Premier. go around consumers had gotten very cagey, basically, and knowing what their local laws were with regards to foreclosures and all that. It's going to happen again. There was a company, guys. It's, I feel like I'm talking about something that was a billion years ago, but it was only a dozen years ago. There was a company in uh, San Diego. Um, it's called, damn, I don't remember the name of it. But the the essence of the company was they were selling information. And they were on CNBC. They were on Bloomberg. They had just created this uh, package of information that showed homeowners Um, just primarily in California, but then across the country, how to essentially leverage all the laws with regards to foreclosures. And so people knew how to do, you know, they're being educated on how to do short sales and how to essentially um, stay in their houses without making payments. And, you know, why am I telling you all this again? Because you need to be prepared. Otherwise, you're going to be caught by surprise. What many of you are going to do is you're going to be really focused and drilled down for maybe the next 60 to 90 days. And then Halloween's going to roll around. You're then going to get in holiday mode. You're going to mentally, emotionally check out. And when you finally come out of your you know, hibernation in, in Discovered 2021, then you're going to, if ill-prepared, not have a market to come back to because everything's going to have changed. You won't have the skill set. You'll get calls from buyers and you'll get calls from sellers, but the questions that they'll be asking will be completely different than anything you're equipped to answer. And then you're going to start seeing distressed real estate. And I do mean financially distressed. Nice, normal homes that are basically in foreclosure. You're going to see all these different opportunities and avenues to start picking up listings. Guys, if you get like one of the accounts, like a Fannie Mae account or a big servicer account, if you're if you're in a big market, a huge market like Los Angeles, there could be maybe 50 different agents who are get, are essentially preferred vendors who are going to start getting um, not only consistent BP orders, but they're going to start getting all the REOs just assigned to them. You have to earn the right to have the listing assigned, uh, but we'll show you how to. That's what we do as part of the premier coaching program. I haven't done a call to action, have I? <laughs> so if you guys are interested in learning how to do BPOs, if you're interested in learning how to essentially get ahead of the curve, do the smart thing. Text the word BPO to 31996. Text the word BPO to 31996. And listen to what we're telling you guys. This is all a very predictable unraveling of the real estate market. Oh, that's what I was trying to remember, unraveling. It's a normal cyclical thing that's going to have a lot of abnormal things that are going to make it seem much worse to be honest with you you know as long as you have this kind of unemployment and the unemployment rates I love seeing them drop believe me I do but I don't believe any of them because it does not make sense that you can trust unemployment rates at the same time employers who took you know PPP money were told not to fire people. Let's wait until the end of this quarter and then we'll start believing what the unemployment rates are, right? It doesn't make sense to me that some of the information that's being passed around on the news, especially, is accurate when we see a huge increase in BPO orders. Now, you guys can call us doomer and gloomers and you can say, Tim and Julie aren't for me. That's fine. But you will most likely regret not having taken action on what we're suggesting in less than a year. For the rest of you, don't be afraid please don't be afraid because the wonderful thing about a market like this is it's becoming skills-based. Skills-based is fantastic. Um, um, Relationship-based, it's very difficult to compete in a relationship-based business, isn't it? So many of you have enjoyed a relationship-based business and you got the business from relationships. In this new market that we're entering into, it's going to be based on skills. Skills that you have or you don't have. Skills To answer questions, overcome objections, how to position houses correctly on the the market, how to essentially maneuver through the banks and the servicers so you can get an opportunity to earn REO listings, skills on how to do short sales, knowing the difference between a short sale and a short payoff, skills, that's the market we're entering into. We're moving out of a relationships-based market where you just got your listings because of you know whatever you drop pumpkin pies off of the house in November, or you you know maybe you thought you got all your you know you 're getting some business let's say from you know essentially working your centers of influence and in past clients and you 're combining it with maybe a social networking campaign. those types of things frankly never really work that well to begin with, but in a market like what we 're going into they 're not going to work hardly at all. You might get the occasional something from a mark from those types of things, but overall. The nature of the relationships you're going to have with real estate consumers is going to be completely different. And they're not just going to hire you because they sit next to you at church. They're not going to hire you just because they you know, know you or you're friends with their friend. They will not hire you just for those reasons that they've been hiring you. And I mean sellers and buyers over the last, you know, this last seller's market. It's going to be completely different. And I don't even know how to factor in things like inflation. Truthfully, I mean, I know what inflation is. I know what effect it has on real estate. Um, you know, I can conceptually and intellectually understand it, but I've never really lived through a cycle of inflation. I, you know, I I've read about it. You know, same as you guys. But that's going to be another variable that's even going to make it even more relevant to have a, a seriously drilled down skill set. Take this stuff seriously, now, guys. You don't want to be putting yourselves in a position where you have to catch up next year. This is inevitably all going to start playing out. Um, in 2021, which is amazing that we're already talking about that, isn't it? (laughs) So don't be scared. Be excited because it's going to put you in an opportunity to you know, I mean, let's be honest, you guys are entrepreneurs, I assume you have uh, capitalist tendencies at the very least. And so you, this is going to give you an opportunity to make a lot of money. But it's only going to happen because you have a skill set that people and maybe the people are the servicers or the banks or the whoever. But ultimately, it's going to put you in a position to be of service to other people at the higher level than you've ever been. Um, been able to before. You're going to have knowledge that other people don't have. The thing that you have to understand with regards to REOs and specifically is when the banks have their relationships with the their preferred vendors, their preferred agents in each market, generally speaking, it takes somebody to screw that relationship up, an agent with the relationship to screw it up for you to even get a shot at uh, getting your foot in the door. And, and I know many agents who basically were early movers on this during the last cycle. We coached a lot of them And they were able to make millions and millions of dollars through the housing correction and then also picking up lots of rental properties. Several of them that I personally know never went back to real estate. After that cycle was over, they made enough money that they just decided not to be in real estate anymore, at least not at the same level, right? Maybe you're wanting to be in that same position um, as they are you know, into the future, and you need to position yourself now. This just makes sense. You cannot present an argument, and I'd like you to, if you can, text me at 512-758-0206 and tell me why we're wrong about this. I would love to know why we're wrong. We look every single day for reasons why there might be a V-shaped recovery in the economy. I'm not seeing it. If you know you look for all it's there's just a lot of inflated money that's in the market, there's a lot of essentially hopium that's in the market, and once all that runs out, then we're going to be dealing with the reality and the reality is for some people because they were ill prepared, uh, they're going to be out of the business. They're going to be out of the industry and, you know, it's going to welcome in opportunities for those of you who are smart enough to get the skill set. By the way, yes, of course, I want to talk with you about joining our eXp Realty Group. Yes, of course, I want to discuss with you why eXp is perfectly positioned for this market. Yes, of course, I want to share with you why you want to join with Julie and I. So text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.